I want to speak briefly on destiny. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Destiny. Destiny. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Very softly. Thank you, Jesus. Just speaking it. Start speaking in tongues and bless the Lord. Give you praise. Thank you for your hand on my life. Thank you that I've been blessed already. Blessed already. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. All right. The word destiny doesn't occur in the Bible. But predestined or predestinate occurs in the King James Bible. Now, if the word predestinate occurs, then we'll conveniently say that destiny occurs because it's actually a prefix, pre, to the destined. Now, when you read the Bible, you see the idea of predestination. Even if it were not mentioned, but at least it was mentioned five times. But when you look at it carefully, you realize that all the five times they mention the word predestined or predestinate is in the New Testament. And specifically, it refers to us in Christ. We're predestined to the adoption. We're predestined to be sons of God. Having predestinated us. Them that he did for know them, he also did predestinate to conform to the image of his son. So, is a very sacred thing for God's children. Not something that a natural man will mock at and laugh about. Because the very word destiny as we have come to know it means something that is predetermined. Or ordained before. So it's like a fate. Circumstances that are pre-controlled. Things that are bound to happen. They will happen anyway. They cannot be changed. The problem with a natural man is. If God is sovereign absolutely sovereign which means he controls everything then men are not free to choose so there has been this long argument about God's sovereignty and man's free will or predestination and free will they say if God is 
if there is truly a God, and if he is absolute, as we say, in power, has control over everything, he created everything, then their argument is that then nothing is free and nobody is free. We are just playing what had been determined or we're being controlled by this supernatural force to do anything or to do everything. So, then, for them, either there is no God or there is a God that doesn't have absolute power and control or there is a God who has absolute power and control and all creation and all of us are not free. I remember one so-called atheist asking the wrong person this question. He was asking Ravi Zacharias, who is an apologist and one of the best apologists, defenders of the Christian faith. He was asking him, if God, if God, I don't believe in God because, and when people say they don't believe in God, they give many reasons, but he chose to give this reason that if there is, if there, if there is God, how come there is, some will say, how come there's so much evil? And then he, but he said, if there's God, then we are not free. So, Rabbi Zacharias asked him, so you mean you are some machine being programmed to ask the question you're asking or you are asking it from your own volition and free will? He said, well, it's nature and nature. Nature. How we've been conditioned by our environment. Then he asked him, the question you are asking, is it true? If it is truth, then it's not controlled. You see, then the, the whole confusion stems from the fact that people don't understand that there is an abundant life, an eternal life, the divine life, which is the real life. And then there is this one, which the natural fallen man has. And so for them, they don't understand the eternal purposes of God and time. Because there's no eternal life. There's, so everything is about time. But I need to understand that in time, God created you and gave you a will and evolution to use in time. But you won't determine what will happen in eternity. But you can determine what will happen in time. So you have a free will to make choices. If you choose life, which means there's something even higher than life. So I said before you life and death, choose life. If you choose life, 
then you're going to live the eternal life the way God intended it. If you choose death, you are going to live the eternal death as God chose it. But right now in time, you have all the freedom. But in eternity, you don't have the freedom. Absolute freedom to determine what happens. But now in time, you have the freedom to determine certain things. Okay, let me explain it better. You choose your actions, but you don't determine the consequences. So we are free to choose our actions, but we, the consequences, you are not the one who will determine it. This is how Stephen Covey puts it. If you decide to jump in front of a fast running train, you choose to jump in front of the train. But you cannot determine whether your leg should break or your head should break or you should die or you should be paralyzed. So, the Bible says that, so, just as humans, we have a little of everything, but the absolute is in God. Amen? I decided to brush my teeth this morning. It was not God who programmed me to. I chose. Amen? I decided. I used my volition. So, When God created man, he created man as a free moral agent. So you have evolution. A decisive factor called a will. Which God doesn't violate. But you need to understand that you are not almighty God. So, you can only work with what you are given. The time of life here. You are free to choose your actions. You are not free to choose the consequences. Before Adam got into the garden, God had placed a tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is also the tree of death there. He was telling Adam that there is already a devil and sin in the world. But fortunately, there was also a tree of life, which was Christ. And he told man, don't eat this one. And man had a free will to choose. Now, man had all the opportunity to go to the tree of life. He never went. But he went to the tree of knowledge and good, which is death, ate it, and died. So, it looked like in time, that moment, it looked like God's purpose was frustrated. But God's ultimate purpose cannot be frustrated because it is in the realm of sovereignty. So, they say men cast lots, but the whole disposition is of the Lord. 
So what the devil did in the fall of man actually worked for a greater good, ultimately. Because God is the original causative and the absolute and he cannot be caused. God cannot be overtaken by events or anything. Are we here? So God's ultimate purpose will stand. There's a radius in God. Everything that enters into that radius does one thing. It conforms to purpose. You can't frustrate God. You can't slow him down. You can't stop him. You can't hasten him. He's God. The unbeliever or the atheist doesn't want to accept there is God. So he talks about contradiction. But let me explain to you. I don't know what contradiction they are talking about. Everything in life is a contradiction. Separated by time and purpose. If you put time and purpose to every contradiction, you see that there are no contradictions at all. For example, eating and doing the thing they are contradictions oh prophet but when you separate them by time are you getting me it makes sense everything has its place and its time even life and death they are contradiction everything is a contradiction but there is a time for everything so it is the time and purpose that puts everything in perspective everything is a contradiction that's what about there's a time to love and time to hate crying and laughing they are contradiction but we laugh and then we cry according to purpose we mourn and we dance they are contradictory but they are separated by time they have their place and their time so we have the eternal purpose of god and we have the small 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 purposes for example what's the name of your father okay your father is mr siedu and then god chose your mother because he has something in mind that he will take from your dad and take from your man and give to you. He had a, a purpose, a particular purpose. But that is just a small purpose. That's why there was a particular time you were born. You can't be born just any time. If you are born any time, you will fulfill the specific purpose. There's a reason why you are a black man or a white. There's a reason why you are a girl and not a boy. Don't become a, a boy. There's a reason for everything. Now look at the human body. The eye is totally different from the ear. And yet they are not contradictory. As a matter of fact, one of the evidence of creation and the proof of God is the harmony. Hello? You've heard a big bang before? They said there was a big bang. Boom! And then everything came into place. Perfect. And people believe this nonsense over. Creationist theory. Of how the world came to be. They said there was an explosion. I am yet to see any form of explosion. It's like there was an explosion. And there's a Boeing 747. An aeroplane just appeared. One eighty said, 
one, one Christian said, I think it was Reagan. He said, when the eighties come, give them a very good meal to eat. And when they finish eating the meal, tell them somebody cooked it. Um, you, some of you didn't get it. Um, then there's this theory of evolution. They say everything evolved. And people who don't understand evolution don't even know that it's not even scientific in, this, in the first place. The argument for evolution, the best argument for evolution is like how, um, let's say, some insects develop resistance after using a particular chemical for a long time. But it doesn't essentially advance these living organisms. They say the world evolved. And they say we evolved into advanced creatures. We're monkeys. We evolved. So a man was in a restaurant with a friend who doesn't believe in creation. He believed that we evolved. And when they serve him food, the Christian was angry that his friend was served food. I said, why? He said, you should have just brought the vegetables and the ingredients and put it on the table. And then it will evolve into a good meal for him to eat. So even if you are talking about evolution, there was a cause. Something caused the evolution. Now if you are talking about a big bang, something caused the bang. We are talking about somebody who is not caused and that is God. Amen. I'm sorry for getting into all this because I didn't intend to get into them. Before I talk about the big bang, talk about a small bang. Small bang. Any small bang, it is cost. So the big bang theory means that even if it is true, somebody cost it. They were the forces that exploded were created. Because if you say there's no creation, it means that there was nothing. So you are saying that nothing came, a bang came out of nothing. You are saying that there was a big bang out of nothing. Oh, something caused the bang. Some forces at least. That's why I say it's not even scientific in the first place. Amen. What I want to share with you is so sacred. So is there a God? Yes, there is a God. And we know him. Because he revealed himself to us. Is he absolute in power? Yes. Does he have everything under his control? Yes. Does he predetermine everything? No. Does he have power over all things? Yes. 
ultimate purpose, yes. Do we have choice? Yes, we have a will. Now, um, so we find about five times in the Bible, Ephesians 1, can we read Ephesians 1, 4? We can start from verse 3. Let's go. Ephesians 1 from verse 3. Thanks be to God. Blessed that means thanks. Okay, Lord. Blessed be to God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. That in itself is a predestination. You see, and I'll come to that. Our predestination is in Christ. It's like to say that we are humans because the first man from whom we came was human. So, because we are born in Christ, we are blessed with all the spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. We have his DNA. But this is for the believer who has eternal life in him. He's blessed with all the spiritual blessings. But I accepted this. I could have rejected it. But once I've accepted it, they say when you pick one end of the stick, you pick the other end also. Once you pick the stick, you pick one end, the other end. So, so once I've received Christ, we can comfortably say that I've been predestined or blessed with all the blessings. Okay? Now, let's go ahead. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blamed before him in love. Now, he chose us before the world was created. Now, so, um, this is the big one. Okay, so it means he chose us and didn't choose some people. Hello? We will go to another verse that shows us that God's foreknowledge preceded his predestination. He said, them that he did foreknow, them he did predestinate. He already knows those who will not accept salvation. And he knows those who have accepted salvation. And he had planned for everybody. Do you understand? He knows those of us who accept it. Now, even the gospel, the preaching of the gospel, God already knows those who will not be saved. He knows those who won't take it. But he still gives everybody opportunity anyway. Because he still have a will. But by his foreknowledge, he already knows those who will be saved. Amen? So, yeah, look at the next verse. That's where the word occurs. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to his good, the good pleasure of his will. Now look at me. This was the real purpose. 
You understand? Can you argue with God why he made some creatures goats and cows and made some creatures human beings? Can you argue with God? Why? That is his prerogative. Amen. You're not here. Oh, you're not here. So, God still retains the sovereignty to choose who he wants and who should just be for time. You need to understand that the real program God has is our life in Christ. From Adam to the time Christ came was just a shadow of the real life. So the real life is what we've been predestined to. And we, the children of God, we, we have been predestined. Okay, I just want you to see the occurrence of the word. It's also in verse 9. Um, I think having predestined unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ unto himself according to the pleasure um, okay you let's take it from let's take it from verse 4 according as he has chosen his name before the foundation of the world that we should be yes let's continue holy and without blame having predestinated as in verse 5 unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ unto himself according to the good pleasure of his will uh-huh to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein we are made accepted in the beloved. Uh -huh. In whom we have redemption to the blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Uh -huh. Wherein he has abandoned towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure uh, which is purpose in his. Uh -huh. That in the dispensation of fullness of time he might gather together in all, all things in Christ. In one all things in Christ. Both which are in heaven which are on earth. Even in him. Okay, alright. This is it. And in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him that worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Alright. So, that is it. So you see here the word predestinate. And it's, it is limited to us. It's not for the natural man. It's not for the vain man. And so it makes God's predestination just because he doesn't predestine anybody to do evil. Every predestination is all for believers. Every time you see the word, it's all about us in Christ. So you can't say God predestines some people to do evil. Amen? There's a scripture um, on God's sovereignty and election by grace in Romans chapter 9 all the way to chapter 11. And Paul argues though that God will show mercy on who he wants to show mercy. That's his prerogative. Is that correct? And then he added something which is tricky. He said, and whosoever he willeth, he hardeneth. And he gave examples of Pharaoh. He said, for this reason I created you, that I might show my power in you. The Bible said, God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. That was what Pharaoh wanted to do. God just helped him. 
Anyway, that's not fair. That's not, that's not a good argument. But this is the point. He said, so Paul asked the question, he said, okay, so if God will have mercy on whom he have mercy, and whosoever he wants to harden, he hardens, then why does God find fault? Because who has ever resisted his will? And then he answered, he said, oh, who are you, man, to reply against God? Doesn't the potter have power over one clay? The same lump of clay. He has power over the same lump of clay to make one a vessel of honor, the other a vessel of dishonor. Then he said, is there unrighteousness with God? He said, no. If there's unrighteousness with God, how will he judge the world? You need to understand that God is just. So you can't divorce that from his predestination. God is already just. So if God is already just and he's predestining anything, you need to know that he predestined the things according to his justice. All right. This is the very thing I said I wanted to avoid so I can teach you something else, but it's okay because sometimes you need to clear the mind of people because if they have the doubts, then... Amen. Amen. Good. So can we move now to the real thing? Sure? Uh, we haven't cleared the hurdles yet. Alright, so that's it. Now I want us to go to the real thing. How many of you are ready for the real thing? Okay. I want us to go all the way back to verse 26 of Romans 8. We're coming all the way down to the end, but let's, let's just go some few verses back so we can see it. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Michael, thank you. I'll need you later. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It's not a quantreo, it's just Michael, I think I need it softly. Can we read it out very loudly? One go. Likewise, the spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knows what's the mind of the Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know. And we know. That all things work together. For good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Let's pause there a little bit. Let's pause there for a while. Now, he's using an absolute term now. All things are working together for good. Why? Because he introduced God into it. Do you understand? He's not talking about us. 
We are not in control of everything. We have some control. We can make some choices, but we are not in control of everything. But once he introduced God into it, he says those who are called according to God's purpose, everything is working for their good. All things are working together. He didn't say everything is good, but he said to work together. So some things may be done by the devil, others by evil men, some even by you. But when you are in Christ, there's a predestination where everything works for your good. Now, he says that everything will work together for, for good for those who love God. He's talking about believers who are called according to his purpose. He's saying that everything is subject to God's purpose. Amen. So everything is going to work for my good, Abigail. Everything is going to work for your good. Everything is working for our good because we are called according to his purpose. Amen. 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 Uh-huh. Let's finish the verse. For whom he did foreknow, then he also did predestinate. You see, God's foreknowledge first before his predestination. Even if his predestination was even first, he's still just. Those he already knew, they were the people he predestined. To conform to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, you have been programmed to become like Jesus. Foreordained to be like Jesus. Predetermined to be like Jesus. Programmed to be like Jesus. Why? You have the DNA of Christ. The nature of Christ. The spirit of Christ. We even have the mind of Christ. The spirit of Christ. So we'll only end like him. And he will be the firstborn among many brethren. Among many brothers. Amen. Michael, uh, Michael, thank you. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Them and whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, Can you see the him, them, him, them, him, them? It should be them, 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 them. Or you're not seeing it. Whom he predestinated, them, he called. Whom, them, whom, them. Whom, them. Why are you a human being? Because Adam was a human being, the first man. So why are you Christ? It's because... Of Papa Christ. So the main man who was called. And we're called after him. We are his children. Whatever happens to him happens to us. Honey we have the same destiny as Jesus. And whom we justify. Them he also justified. And whom he glorified, them he also.
Anyway, um, let me go back to that verse. Let me look at something. Yes. All right. Next verse. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Uh-huh. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also give us, also freely give all things to us? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justified. Who is he that condemned? It is Christ that died. Yeah, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also made intercessions for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, we are not like sheep for the slaughter. The nay there means no. He said, we are like sheep for the slaughter. He said, no. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Okay. Now, just watch this. For I'm persuaded that neither life nor death. Now, there's something higher than life or death. Look at that. He said that nothing can come between us and the love of Christ. And the first thing he's mentioned is life death or life which means there's something higher than life this is what I want to tell you everything I've told you so far forget about it that's not what I want to tell you what I want to tell you right now is this one there's something higher than life the life here is talking about the, 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 our number of days on earth here And there's something higher than death. It says, I'm persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angel, nor principalities, nor powers, nor even things to come, nor things present, nor height, nor death, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Full stop. Yeah. So solid, secure destiny. There's something called destiny. It's not a word for the natural man to rest. And confuse himself about. It's a holy word. Your destiny is. The most sacred thing about your life. The purpose for your life. The reason for your life. The why of your life. The what of your life. The content. The ultimate end. The why of all this. 
why he even made you, why he even created you, why he planted you where he planted you, why he, he is doing this with your life, why he chose this for you. Your destiny is, your, is the purpose of your life. The why of your life. The reason for the life itself. Your destiny is the space of life. The time of life. What that life is supposed to do and achieve and accomplish. It is sacred. It is sacred. It is sacred. It's sacred. It's holy. It is when God said, I want, to, I want to make Adam. This is how he should look like. This is where he should be born. This is when she should come. This is what I want her to do. There's a divine assignment on your life. There is an election, a calling. You were called for a reason. You were chosen for a reason. You were ordained, preordained. This life was preordained for a reason. It is the most sacred thing about you. And everybody who comes face to face with his destiny, even if he doesn't believe in God, will stop believing in God. Because you see, it's a higher purpose than yourself. A higher purpose than what you're doing. A reason, an ultimate reason for all the small, small, small little things. That is what gives you light. That's what gives you direction. The, 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 the true north. The right direction in life. That is, what, that is what sanctifies what you do. That is what purifies what you do. Because that is the reason why we do the things we do. Because we know there is a bigger purpose. There's a, a grand purpose and it's sacred. But I'm going to tell you something again. Your destiny is also your time of life. And what happens in that space of time? And because you are the player <laughs> you are not outside the action the purpose is God's but you are the player so that means that the responsibility rests on you he provides all the grace all the supernatural energies that is why he started from the spirit making intercession for us. And he said, we know that all things work for our good. He makes sure that all the help that is needed. He makes sure that he supernaturally orchestrates things. He super, supernaturally moves things for your advantage. But you still have a role to play. You still have the responsibility because you are the man. who, who You are the player in your destiny. My life is my life, not your life. So you can't run it. Nobody should run your life. Nobody should ever run your life. It's witchcraft. It's domination. Nobody should rule your life. 
I'm not saying you should not yield to discipline. I'm not saying you should not yield to training. I'm not saying that you should not subject yourself to, to things that will enhance and help you. But I'm saying that don't do things that are against your conscience. Don't do things that you don't want to do. Don't be forced or coerced to do something that you don't want to do. Don't, don't confuse this with training. Don't confuse this with training. Everybody needs training. Everybody needs to be disciplined. And there's a time that you are young, you can't make the, the uh, very good decisions because you are young, you, you, don't, you are not wise yet or you have little wisdom and at that time, you are under tutors and governors. I'm not talking about that. Adam, a time will come where you will have to stand face to face with why am I born? Sometimes you have to do what you don't like to get what you like. But your major should never become your minor. And your minor should never become your major. There may be so many routes and detours that take you ultimately to where you want to go. But in that, your eye must be on the grand purpose. How are you going to know that? Only by the Holy Spirit. Even the day-to-day -day decisions, you need the wisdom of God. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why you have to pray. And you need a lot of faith. You need a lot of faith. If you are going to keep following this man who is leading you to a place you don't know. You think some people are stupid? And they say, me, I'm called. I want to just do this. No, they're not stupid. They know there's a call of God on their life. And they know that after all said and done, money and houses and fame cannot satisfy them. They know I'm born for this. It may not look attractive, but I know I'm born for this. Sometimes people want to rush you in life. Jesus said, every time is your time. My time has not yet come. Don't rush me. I don't want to go ahead of God. I want to be in step with God. And don't be constrained by circumstances to force yourself and when it's not time, it's not time. If you don't love anything, you don't value anything, I beg you in the name of the Lord, value this one, your destiny. As for life, so many things will happen. And so many things will come, good and bad. 
But what is important is the destiny. What God originally ordained for you. Honey, that's your life. You are different from other people. You may like their zeal. You may learn from their discipline. You may like the way they look. But you are not them. You will have to find out God's will for your life. And when you get born again, you're already in the program. And it will just be rolling like a carpet. Because everything you need is already in there. Just have to keep following the Holy Spirit. To close. There's a reason why you're not in New York. There's a reason why you're here. And when you find out God's purpose, stick to the plan. you're born again, I want to encourage you that everything works for your good. There's nothing to be afraid of. Stay in Christ. Stick to the plan. He has an amazing plan for you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. There was a time that Paul was in prison. It was in the plan. It was in the plan. There was a time that Joseph was in prison. It was in the purpose. It was not God who put him there. But God allowed it for his purpose. It was not angels who sold Joseph. It was the devil who incited his brothers. And Joseph initially did not know the plan. 
So he kept complaining, my brother saw me, my brother saw me. So I have a very, very big question for Joseph. I said, Mr. Joseph, but after a while, Potiphar gave you all his gold to oversee. You were not broke. You had enough transportation to go back to your father's house. Why didn't you go back to your father's house? Because at the point, he began to figure out. Oh, this thing I'm saying, my brothers, my brothers, my brothers, my brothers, not knowing it is God. Don't make a God out of the devil. There's only one God. They are all working for your good. Grace, why me? Why this? Why this? Even if you are in a wheelchair. Now listen very carefully. The Bible says, Are you a slave? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. If you are in a wheelchair and you can walk by faith, use it rather. But if you cannot, don't care about it. You know why? I have searched through this, my small Bible. And I found a God who has made provision for the housewife. And has made provision for the career woman. Now let me give you examples. There are two people in the Bible that Jesus referred to their faith. As I have never seen this kind of faith. Not in the whole of Israel. And they were Gentiles. They were not even Jews. Can you imagine that? Jews are naturally rich in faith. Because unto them was given the adoption, the covenant, the service of God. The glory. These two people, one was a man. Jesus said, I've never seen a faith like this before. The other was a woman. So God has made provision. For the Jew, for the Gentile, for the man, for the woman. What was the woman's faith? What was the woman's faith? It was her lifestyle as a housewife. When he's feeding the children and he sees some of the food fall down for dogs to eat. That experience was her faith. She said, ah, the dogs also eat when food That was her faith. Her, her experience as a housewife gave her a kind of faith other people, priests, didn't have. What was the centurion's faith? In the military, we give commands. So we just say, hey, go. And this person goes. We say, come. And this person come. So he said, Lord, I'm a man under authority. In the military, we just give commands. So you don't have to come to my house Speak the word only and the demon will leave. 
Where did he get that faith from? From his life as a soldier. Wherever you are in life, you may be a cleaner. You may be a driver. You may be a businessman. God has placed wherever you are sufficient grace, sufficient faith Some of you, you feel that the past four years was, was wasted. I could have finished my master's. Honey, it's not wasted. It's not wasted. I am telling you, it's not wasted. Look at me. Jesus, by 12 years, was fully aware of his life assignment. Twelve. He asked the parents, why were you looking for me? Don't you know I have to be about my father's business? But he had to wait till 30. And from that 12 to 30, we are not told anything about Jesus. Do you know what he did? The only thing the Bible says between 12 and 30 was he learned obedience through the things he suffered. The first one was he followed the parents and subjected himself to them, to him. This is a Messiah, God, who had become man and a mortal man to train him. You may be going to a kind of contradiction in life. Say, ah, if it's well with me, why am I does? You're not the first person to ask this question. Rebecca asked this question. She was barren for years. Now she became pregnant and there was a greater problem. There was trouble in her and he went to inquire of the Lord. If it is well with me, why am I does? I was barren. Now I'm pregnant. But look at the trouble. And God said, it is because what you are carrying is bigger than you. It's not a child. It's a nation. Not even one. Two nations. And two different nations are in your womb. May God show you why. When Paul was in prison, he accomplished more than when he was a free man traveling about, preaching everywhere. It was in the prison that he wrote the Pauline epistles, most of them. Maybe God was saying that it's not by might, it's not by power. Honey, that's why we can boldly say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And some of you, you look at your life, you think you are late. How could you be late? No, I'm asking a question. When you are not measuring your destiny with other people's death. <laughs> That is just one thing you can't compare. Because that's a real thing. 
You can compare my car to yours. You can even compare your wife to my wife. You can compare your house to my house. But honey, my destiny doesn't have a type or a kind. You can't compare. It's too sacred. It's holy. And anytime you look at your life, things are tough or you are confused or you don't just care about life and you want to waste it think on destiny Ooh. I have meat, I have some food to eat that you don't know about and the disciple said did somebody give him some food <laughs> He said, my meat is to do the one that sent me. I have a baptism to be baptized with. How I wish. It was already kindled. You have a destiny. And it is the destiny of Jesus. It is sacred. It's his destiny that he plays on you. It's so sacred. Your life is just part of Christ. Now so you're called out of him. Chosen in him. But you're supposed to live in him and move in him. And have your being in him. That's your destiny. That is why. Only vain people don't pray. believers they know they have to pray because this thing is so sacred this thing is beyond you yeah ask the wealthiest men and they will tell you that they have never arrived they thought money was a goal in medicine you go on, you go from doctor, you go on, then you come back to mister. You go from doctor, you, you go, you go on, then you come back to mister. Which let's say, you go on, then you come back. Ask people who have reached certain heights and laurels. And ask them if there's something beyond that. They will tell you yes. There's a sacred purpose for my whole life. That's my destiny. As we're talking right now, somebody's dying in Kolibu. As we're talking now, they are burying somebody. As we're talking right now, another child is being born. Good and bad are happening at the same time. A life is being saved right now. 
But the most important thing about all this commotion is destiny. And you must have a grip on what you are convinced of. Not even death will allow, will allow you to let it go. Will cause you to, to let it go. I pray for you. That in this part of life, you'll be enriched by Jesus himself. Your riches. Woo. I am feeling some anointing right now. It's like a kind of baptism of the Holy Ghost. Whoa. Yep. For we know that all things work together for good. Everything is working for your good. There's not a philosopher who said this. God himself who said this about you. Who have been predestined in Christ. Called according to his purpose. Everything is working for your good. Even the death of your father. One day you understand why he had to die. Yeah, yeah. No, ukuso. Shima ya wakala. Everything is working for my good. Sleepless nights, days, no food to it, <laughs> betrayals, false accusations, satanic attacks, all for my good, all for my good, the delays, the pain, the trouble, all for my good. Offer my good, offer my good, offer my good. I believe you, I believe you, I believe you, I trust you. you have to speak in tongues you cannot articulate it in your own language it's above you there's a higher purpose to your life it is it's above you 
Why do you think people die for a cause? There's a cause which is above them. There's something beyond. I count on myself to have apprehended. Just cry out. Cry out. Cry out. Cry out. I don't want to live a vain life. I want to fulfill destiny. Oh. so. Hey, Baruso. Hou Kosu. Hale Koso. Hey, Kaza. It's not how long you live, it's about whether you fulfill destiny. Jesus died at 33, but he fulfilled destiny. John the Baptist's whole assignment was to introduce Jesus. And he was content with that. He was content with that. Maybe it's Andrew's greatest achievement was bringing Peter to Jesus. Hoiki Makosa. Venkus Lord Rasha Sai Makamaka Makamaka Makama Being confident of this one thing that the Lord who has begun a good work in you, He will perform it. Unto the day of Christ. Perform it, Lord. 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 There are some of you here. You are actually 10 human beings in one. In terms of your capacity. And you too, that's you comparing yourself to another man. You see, we come in sizes. Don't be fooled. Don't. Why did Jesus become a man? He came from heaven to earth 
to show to show the way from the earth to the cross my death you pay from the cross to the grave from the grave to the sky Lord I lift your name on You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My death, you paid from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lift up your hands. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. Why he came down. So Jesus, there were all kinds of contradictions, but he was not distracted. Some people say, if you are son of God, do this. He said, oh, me? I'm God, I became man for a purpose. When he was at the cross, they said, no, you are... You actually say you can save people, save yourself. Jesus just refused to be distracted. He had power to do anything, but he only did. The Father's will, because he had come for purpose. The word for destiny is purpose. The sacredness of God's purpose on your life and your lifetime. The sacredness of God's purpose on your life and your time of life. Life is holy. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to open your mouth. If you speak in tongues, that's to be preferred. And you're going to thank God. Thank God first for your life. There are many spirits that come out of God crying that let us become babies on earth. They are never granted permission. They are just spirits in God. They are potential human beings, but they will never become human beings. But when God gave permission to you, you became a man. And it's for a purpose. Life is not to be vain. Anyhow, life is sacred. It's a purpose. fulfill that purpose. I want you to sit down for a minute.
Alright. This service will close. But this thing is to be continued. And you know where you're going to continue it? You find a quiet place. Alone. You lock yourself in a room. Yeah. Planet. You don't tell me alone, just alone in a room. It's quiet. Then you can write some few things down as to what to do. You can plan. Because I'm telling you that when you stand face to face with Jesus, that will be it. To be what you did with your time of life. There's a lot of distraction, but it's a lot of distraction, but it's a good thing that it had to be established with grace. Amen.